Uh, turn with me to Acts chapter 8, please. I'm going to read the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. It's found in Acts chapter 8, beginning at verse 26 through the end of the chapter. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture that was, he was reading was this, like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shears is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe this gener his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom I ask you, does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told them the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the way, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotos, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for this text that you've given us. We're grateful that you are a God who is um, very much at work redeeming your people. Lord, pray that, um, that we will see your hand in all of this and that you, your name will be glorified. And I pray, uh, um, Lord, that you will speak through me. Lord, the, the beauty of, of your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the first time I've ever preached um, in Acts. And as I started reading along, I'm like, okay, well, the, the Ethiopian eunuch, to my knowledge, we don't ever hear about him before and we don't ever hear about him after. But we do know a little bit about Philip. So this is, and this is, this is my understanding, right? I started reading back a few chapters in Acts. And, and this is the early, early church, right? This is... This is really, there, there are no recorded Gentile converts yet. This is still the church preaching to Jews in Jerusalem, for the most part. Right? Um, we're going to see that, that the apostles and most of the disciples were still in Jerusalem. So I, I can't give you a time frame how far it is after the ascension, but I think it was soon. Right? And then we get to see Philip becomes mentioned, and we know that this is Philip who's the deacon. He's mentioned in Acts 6. Um, if we turn back to Acts 6 a little bit, what we know about Philip is that he has, he has a good reputation. He's full of the spirit and wisdom. That was one of the qualifications to become the early deacon, and that's all we hear of Philip. Acts chapter 7 um, is, is the story of Stephen, and, and, then we, and, and Saul gets introduced a little bit. It's the stoning of Stephen. And then in chapter 8, we see this, right? If you want to back up just a few verses in chapter 8, beginning at verse 1, and Saul approved his execution. 
And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. So this is how we know that Philip, the Philip in our story is, is Philip the deacon and not Philip the apostle because it says the apostles stayed in Jerusalem. Right? And so, kids, if you're listening, the way that this, the way it was described to me, right, the, the persecution of the church, if I had a tomato in my hand, right, and I went like this, What's going to happen? Well, the curries are probably going to get tomato on them. Right? And that's just a little bit of the church. The church was, was persecuted, and the gospel went out. And I just, I find that fascinating. I find that fascinating because we, there are, there are poor books written out there about spiritual gifts, and we like to talk about our spiritual gifts and how God can use us. And, and here God is using Weakness. People were running for their lives. And, and, and when we get down to verse 4, and those who were scattered went about preaching the word. I heard a pastor say once, they scattered and they chattered. And it, right, it's a little bit cheesy, but it stuck with me. Right? This is how the gospel went out. They were running and they were preaching the gospel. Right? And for whatever reason, I don't. I'm not going to pretend to understand it, but the apostles stayed in Jerusalem, but the rest of the disciples went out, right? And, and here we pick up Philip. He's one of the disciples, not the apostle, so one of the deacons, right? Philip goes to Samaria. And if we remember of the story of the Good Samaritan, if we remember the story of, of Jesus and the woman of the well, he, he kind of went to an ugly people. And I don't mean they didn't... They weren't good-looking, but they were, they were half-breeds. They were the dogs of Samaria. They were, he went probably where nobody else wanted to go. And it's interesting, just in these few verses here, we get a little taste of what's happening. Verse 5, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip. I don't know how many people that is, but... But Philip's message went out. He preached the Christ to them. And I don't know if it's correlated to Jesus having spent his time there with the woman at the well. I'm not saying there's any correlation there. But, but God was doing a work in Samaria through Philip. Philip was preaching. The word went out. Um, a lot of people were healed. In verse 7 and verse 8, there was much joy in the city. So because of the persecution, because of the tomato. Philip went north to Samaria, preached the gospel, and there was much joy in the city. Uh, Verses 9 through 13, Philip's still in Samaria. There's this guy named Simon the Great, Simon the Magician, who um, who was deceiving a lot of people in Samaria. Um, But when they heard Philip's message, they're like, wait a minute, this sounds... This sounds better, and a lot of people in Samaria were being baptized. In verses 14 and following, Peter and John now leave Jerusalem. They go down to Samaria because they heard about the work that was going on in Samaria, and they heard that people were believing and and receiving baptism, and they're like, well, have you received the Holy Spirit? So they came to lay hands on to, to, to bring the Holy Spirit to Samaria, which I don't fully understand. 
but they left. But when we get to chapter, verse 25, Peter and John have left Samaria and go back to Jerusalem. And this is where our text picks up. And I give you all of that as a background to what God is doing in the early church here. Because verses 26 and 27 just, I mean, I could, I could quit preaching after verses 26 and 27, right? Verse 26, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. Gaza is um, 50 miles plus or minus south and west of Jerusalem. So he's up 40-some miles north of Jerusalem. He's going about 100 miles down to this road of Gaza. Uh, my understanding, R.C. Sproul says there's two roads out of Jerusalem to Gaza, and he says he's actually on the old, the more deserted road than, than the newer road, for whatever that's worth. And here we get to verse 27. So he rose and he went. An angel of the Lord told him, rise and go. And in verse 27, Philip's response is, he rose and he went. There are things that amaze me, and I think maybe that's why we like watching the Olympics. We like watching maybe people, people do things better than we can do them. And when I see Philip get orders like this, he, th there is a thriving church in Samaria. It's thriving. Peter and John come up. The church in Samaria is doing great. God is doing great things there. I'm not saying Philip is taking any credit for this, but an angel of the Lord come and says and comes to him, okay, you got to go. And something that I am not very good at is taking orders. If you said, hey, we're going to have a work day here next Saturday. I'm like, okay. Well, then, and then I show up on Saturday and say, we're going to paint. I'd be like, well, why didn't you tell me I was going to paint? I would have brought my ladders. I would have brought my paint stuff. Right? We're, not, we're not told that Philip is given any instructions rather than rise and go. I had a guy work for me years ago, and... <coughs> And he just amazed me. It could, be a, it could be 20 minutes before the end of the day, and I'd say, Clay, I need you, I need you to come over here and, and frame this little thing over here. And he'd be like, okay. And he just never asked questions, and he just... And I don't... Like, my little hamsters up here, like, I like logistics. I, I work those things out. But an angel of the Lord says, rise and go. Verse 27, he rose and he went. And then we get introduced to the Ethiopian in verse 27. Ethiopian, he was obviously a foreigner, right? The, the region of Ethiopia has been estimated to be between five and 1,500 miles away. Or, I mean, excuse me, 500 and 1,500 miles away, right? This guy is a long ways from home. He's an Ethiopian. He's a foreigner, a Gentile, if I can say the word. He's a eunuch. Right? Eunuch at that time was, was a, a male who was emasculated. Oftentimes they were put in charge of the treasury or in charge of the harem. Later on, the term eunuch and treasurer became synonymous because all the treasurers were eunuchs. Right? But, but at this time, because it's pointed out that he was both a eunuch and a treasurer, he, he probably was both a eunuch and a treasurer. Right? And I don't know how they knew he was a eunuch, right? Like you can see the ring and this is our custom. You probably assume that I'm married, right? Well, you know me and I am. But, but there, there was probably something about the way that he dressed or a headdress or something that, that designated him as a eunuch. 
It says he was a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. Candace was a, is a generic name for the queen mother. So at that time in, that, in Ethiopia, the king was considered to be too sacred to, to be bothered with the day-to-day -day business, so the queen mother was in charge of things. So this Candace was the queen. This Ethiopian, who's not even given a name, was, was in charge of all the money. It says um, he was in charge of all her treasure. And then at the end of verse 27, this is fascinating to me, he had come to Jerusalem to worship. This guy had traveled at a minimum of 500 miles. So he must have been some kind of convert to Judaism. He must have known about God, the, the God of Israel. And he had gotten off of work <laughs> to travel 500 miles to go to Jerusalem. And guess what? Being a Gentile and being emasculated, you're not even welcome into the temple to worship. He had traveled 500 miles to maybe sit out on the lanai and, and hear the words. And so you just, there's something about this guy, you just, you just, you like him. Right? You just like him. Okay, he was returning, he was seated in his chariot, and he's reading the book of Isaiah, right? He's probably reading the Greek translation. He's most likely reading it out loud, as was custom of the day. And we're not told whether he just picked up this scroll when he was in Jerusalem this time, or if he's had it, if he's, if he's read the book of Isaiah a hundred times, or if he's never read it. We don't know, but we, but we pick it up. And again, Philip is directed by the Holy Spirit. Now, this time by the Spirit. Verse 26 was by an angel. Verse 28, it was returning his seat in his chariot. He's reading the prophet Isaiah, and the Spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. What does Philip do? He goes over and joins the chariot. Here's what he's reading, right? Do you understand what you are reading? And I don't know what prompted him to ask that question. We're not told, but... Philip obviously knew what he had to do. Do you understand? And, and, and the guy just, no. <laughs> I don't get it. How can, how can I read this unless someone explains it to me? Philip hops up in the chariot. The text that they're reading is Isaiah 53. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shears is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe this generation for his life is taken away from the earth? And the eunuch says to Philip, about whom I ask you, does the prophet say this? About him or about someone else? You, can, you, you sense the hunger that, that the eunuch is he's like, I'm, I'm on to something. Whoever this servant is, I want to know more about him. Is it the prophet Isaiah? Because now I'm going to start back over and read the book of Isaiah. Or is he talking about someone else? Because whoever he's talking about, that's who I want to know about. Right? He's, he's on to something. He, he knows about the God of Israel. He gets to this text, but he just can't put his finger on it, right? And then, verse 35, then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told them the good news about Jesus. And I just want to point out here, the beginning with this scripture, we don't know how long they were in the chariot together. We don't know how many other scriptures he pointed to, but I can assure you they were all from the Old Testament. <laughs> right? The New Testament wasn't written yet. 
Philip is preaching Christ to the Ethiopian eunuch from the Old Testament. And again, as the story goes on, as they were going along the road, they came to some water, which is interesting. It's in a desert place. And the eunuch just says, see, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And I don't, again, I don't know if, if he was legitimately asking or if he's saying, get out of the way, Philip. Why, why can't I be baptized? I don't know the manner in that he's asking, but, but you see someone here who is hungering and thirsting after the righteousness of Christ. Right, verse 37 is omitted. Verse 37, it's in the footnotes. It'll, most early manuscripts don't have it. That maybe a scribe added it later. That, that Philip asked him, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? And he's like, yes, I do. Right? Okay, you're qualified to be baptized. So the unit commands the chariot to stop, and they both went down to the water, and he baptized them. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotos, which is uh, Ashdod, and he passed through and he preached the gospel to the towns until he came to Caesarea. And I find this text just amazing. And if you want to turn with me, I want to read something in, in Isaiah 56. I want to read Isaiah 56, verses 3 through 8, because I, I see this, this Ethiopian eunuch who's traveled some 500 miles to go worship, and he's not allowed in past the Lanai because of who he is and because of what's been done to him. He's a Gentile, and he's a eunuch. And, he, and I, don't know, I don't know where he is in his, in his conversion to Judaism, Right? He's obviously, he's, he's still reading. He's on his way home and he's still reading the text. But you have to believe, and it's not, and I don't want to speculate too much, but you have to believe that after Philip leaves, the Ethiopian keeps reading. <laughs> he just got baptized. What else, what else is he going to do, right? He is hungering and thirsting after Christ. He is going to keep reading. Isaiah 56, verse 3, Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus says the Lord, To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath, who chooses the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house, not out on the lanai, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Imagine the hope that that, the hope upon hope that this Ethiopian eunuch has now. Right, he's reading the scrolls. I don't understand. Philip is miraculously there. Right, that's not an overstatement. Philip is miraculously there explains to him the Christ. He's like, yes, I want to be a part of this. And now Philip's gone. Just gone. And another mile or two or five down the road, he reads this, that God has a place for even me. God has a place for my kind. Not the not the God in Jerusalem, this Jesus Christ. 
And the other thing that I see in this text is that God is absolutely about the work of redeeming his people. God is absolutely about the work of redeeming his people. And before the foundations of the earth were laid, God chose the Ethiopian eunuch to be his child. And he went through extraordinary measures <laughs> to see that he was. Right? He directed Philip away from Samaria where God was doing an incredible work. Philip's like, okay, I'll go. He left all of that for one person that we don't hear about the rest of the scripture, for an Ethiopian eunuch. And Philip's reputation continues, right? I kind of left it off, but at the end of verse 40, it says he preached the gospel all the way until he came to Caesarea. Some 20 years later, if we turn to Acts 21, we'll see that Philip is in Caesarea. And by this time, Luke has given him the nickname Philip the Evangelist. He's only ever known as Philip, but, but in verse 21 of Acts, Luke includes Philip the Evangelist. Philip just went on preaching the gospel. Dear people, we should, we should be encouraged when we read the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. We should be encouraged. We should see how great God is at working out the salvation of his people. Let's pray. Father, what an awesome God that you are. What an awesome God that you love to the depths that you love that you miraculously orchestrated the events of the conversion and the salvation of an Ethiopian eunuch on an empty desert road. What a great and awesome God that you are. And we are here this morning, Lord, to make much of your name. And we do pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.